This episode contains sensitive content that may not be appropriate for listeners of all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Mountainland Physical Therapy's Pelvic Health Podcast. I am your host, Madison Splann. Thanks for listening. Today's topic, we'll be speaking on certified nurse midwives and how to choose the best practitioner for you, whether it's a certified nurse midwife, an OBGYN, or other options. And we just want to make sure that you are fully informed on all these um, different practitioners and so you can choose best fit for you and your family. So today's guest is Kira Waters, certified nurse midwife. Uh, Kira graduated from the University of Utah with a doctorate degree as a nurse practitioner in women's health and certified nurse midwifery. Kira takes a special interest in delivery with natural methods. She is currently practicing in Salt Lake City, Utah with St. Mark's Obstetrics and Gynecology. Thank you for being here today. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited for this to kind of hear all the differences and similarities as well between the different practitioners, just so because I know a lot of my clients come in and, and ask me different questions. So I am really excited to get more educated on this as well. Yeah, no, I'm surprised by how many people all deliver with their baby, but then they don't realize that I can also do their gyne care. So it's 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 good to get this information out there. Definitely. So let's jump right in. Um, Can you describe to our listeners kind of your pathway in obtaining your degree um, and what exactly a certified nurse midwife really is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started off a long time ago, I went and got a two years associates nursing degree. Um, And at that time, I thought that like labor and delivery was not anything I'd ever want to do. But then I actually got a job in labor and delivery as a nurse. And then as I was um, working full-time and a mom full-time, I was able to go back to school and get my bachelor's degree. And I think this is a lot of what I love about nursing is you can kind of have a sustainable career while you continue your education. Um, So while I was working, I got my bachelor's degree. And then I realized that I kind of wanted to go further. So I came here to the University of Utah and got a doctorate of nursing practice. And like you said, so I have a dual specialty as women's health nurse practitioner and certified nurse midwife. Great. Great. So what are the major differences in schooling between kind of the MD, OBGYN compared to the route that you went? Yeah, good question. So I, so we both get bachelor's degrees and then they go to um, med school, which is another four degrees. And I went to my doctorate of nursing practice. So when they go to med school, they're kind of going and learning about all the medical fields. And I mean, it's a big, huge process. And my specialty afterwards was really centered towards kind of my specialty that I had already picked and wanted to do. So we both do a four years bachelor degree and then a four year, um, post degree. And then doctors actually, after that, they do but depending on their specialty between like three and seven years of of residency and stuff after that in whatever specialty they want. Got it. And what is your kind of after, once you've graduated, do you have different like internships and residency type ideas as well? Or are you able to just kind of jump right in and start practicing? What's that look like? That's all done during our program. So pretty much the last like year to year and a half is um, classwork combined with residency. So we do, I had to do three different ones. We do a primary care, um, a women's health, and then a nurse midwifery. 
Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Now, I know that there are different levels of midwifery, you know, in regards to education, ability, um, you know, what that underlying degree is. Can you maybe describe to our listeners the different levels and, you know, what is the major difference between these different levels? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that you asked this one because this one gets confused a lot. I think people kind of just use the term midwife and a lot of people, especially when I was first starting, thought that that meant that I was going to do like only home deliveries and, you know, and that's just not the case. There are, there's kind of in Utah, especially it's different, but there's three different levels of midwives. So there's the certified nurse midwife, which is what I am. So we either have a master's degree or a doctorate degree after going to nursing school. Um, Most of us, a lot of us have like practiced as nurses kind of in that meantime. Um, Then the next level, it's a, it's a certified professional midwife. So this midwife does have certification and has to go through some education, some testing. Um, It's through, it's not through like your regular universities. It's kind of a specific program that they do, Um, but they do have to still be like licensed and things like that. They can, um, they can like carry oxygen and, and, and um, do some of the other medications, but not everything. Um, And then the last type is it's a direct entry midwife. So these midwives don't typically have to have any like formal educational training. They'll usually train with someone who's working as a midwife. Um, the, The biggest difference between the three is that hospitals will only employ certified nurse midwives. So the, the other two will either do home birth or birth center births. Okay. That is really good to know. Now, certified nurse midwives can still do home births as well, though, correct? Correct. Yeah, correct. Good question. Would you say from like your understanding and like colleagues that a lot of certified nurse midwives do go more the hospital route than the home birth route? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I can think of like one or two that actually do like birth center or home births. Got it. Got it. So kind of moving forward now in the obstetrics range with birth plans, um, what would help an expecting mother choose between an OBGYN and a certified nurse midwife and then a home midwifery that maybe doesn't have the schooling and education that uh, CNM does? Well, and here's probably where I should kind of confess my biases. I definitely would always recommend delivery in a hospital. Um, In my experience as a nurse and as a nurse midwife, you know, the majority of deliveries go really great and and pretty smooth. Um, But there are a few different instances where, um, I mean, emergencies in labor and delivery can happen so fast, where you just need to get that baby out as soon as possible to prevent harm to mom and baby, you know, and, and potentially prevent death. So, I would always recommend delivery um, in a hospital. However, you know, there are some people that have very low risk pregnancies. Um, They've had previous pregnancies before and they definitely feel much more comfortable at home. Um, If you were gonna do that, I would definitely recommend that, like I said, you were very low risk, that everything this pregnancy had gone pretty perfectly. There were really no complications. Um, I think that's important if you're gonna be delivering at home. Um, And then as far as an OBGYN or a CNM, um, 
for an OBGYN, you know, if you, if you already have a lot of kind of health complications going into pregnancy, you know, if you have, um, like if you have diabetes or you have uncontrolled blood pressure, or you have a lot of other health issues, um, you know, not even including the pregnancy, then you definitely want to go to an OBGYN. They kind of definitely take care of kind of the high risk patients. Um, you know, we'll do like some complications and pregnancy complications, but a lot of our clientele is kind of more, more the healthy, you know, we don't anticipate big, huge complications throughout the pregnancy. Um, I mean, that being said, we definitely do deal with, you know, we deal with gestational diabetes and blood pressure and stuff too, but if it's well-controlled basically. Got it. Yeah. I think it was interesting to note that, um, my podcast guest a few episodes ago, um, Pete, he is also a certified nurse midwife and he also helps in the C sections. And so mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting to note that, um, certified nurse midwives can also assist, um, surgically in C sections. That was really cool for me to learn as well. Yeah, absolutely. If, if something does happen throughout the pregnancy and you do end up needing a C-section, we don't just like bail and leave. We're definitely there with you through that process too. Yes. So kind of going down that road, let's maybe discuss what happens when a birth plan doesn't go to plan. So um, say the patient is, we know baby's breech, we've tried um, or, or they have placenta privia, um, and we know they're, they're going to need a scheduled C-section. What does that look like for the last week or two when we, we know that that's going to happen? How do those doctor appointments go? Are you still in the scheduled C-section? Mm -hmm. um, what's the post-care kind of look like for those scheduled C-sections? Yeah. And depending on where you are, when we, we decide that you're going to need a C-section, you know, if you're early on and, and it looks like you're going to need a C-section and you want to, you know, switch to the doctor that's going to be doing your C-section. So you have kind of more of a rapport with them. I absolutely understand that. Um, if you want to stick with me, then um, once you're getting closer, um, we'll kind of pick a date for your C-section and then we'll start meeting with the doctor. I always have you meet with the doctor at least one time so that, you know, it's not a stranger coming in to do surgery on you and you have a chance to ask all of your questions and, you know, clarify everything that you need to just so that everybody's comfortable. And then, yeah, when it's the time for your C-section, the doctor comes and I also come. So yeah, the two of us kind of will do your C-section together. And then we both follow up with you afterwards for postpartum care too. Oh, great. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. Now let's maybe go more that emergency C-section route, right? So they, everything's going well. They walk into triage. They're brought back to labor and delivery. They're, you know, seemingly everything's going well. And then maybe decelerations are happening with baby's heart rate decreasing during mother's contractions, for example. Um, talk to me about what that process looks like with the emergency C-section on your standpoint. Yeah, good question. The nice thing is, is it's very, very rare that ha anything happens that is so un, so unseen or you know such an emergency that we're just kind of like running and it's kind of chaotic. Usually, if we're gonna be needing to do a C-section, we can kind of see the telltale signs beforehand, and we can be having conversations about it. Um, so we try really hard, you know. I mean, to wait until you're really comfortable with the decision. And I'm aiming mean, ultimately it's your decision that we actually do the C-section. Um, 
there are those few instances where something very emergent happens and we are kind of like running and dashing. And it's, I mean, it's kind of fascinating how quickly we can actually get babies out in those emergencies. Um, but for both of those, yeah, we, I call the doctor in that's going to be performing surgery. But again, I stay there with you through surgery and after surgery and, and follow up after and um, yeah, do your postpartum care and, and things. I think what's really cool um, and do a little aside for St. Mark's where I delivered my baby as well. I think St. Mark's is so unique in the state of Utah in the regards that it has what's called a labor and delivery hospitalist. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, as far as I knew when, when I recently delivered, there still was none um, in the region that have a hospitalist. So at St. Mark's, they always have an OBGYN on site 24 seven. So if there is one of those rare chaotic instances where, you know, they are really rushing to get baby out ASAP, there will be a doctor in that procedure with you, which is so comforting to know. Oh, a million percent. I think, yeah, I couldn't imagine in such an emergency, you know, having to wait for your doctor to get there. It would be so stressful, but yeah, we've got a great system worked out here. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. I hope that other, um, companies begin to follow that model. Cause it just makes so much sense to me. <laughs> yeah. They are started. They're talking about it. I know. I'm not sure how far it's gotten, but good, good. Yeah. So kind of my last question on this whole obstetric pathway is with the regular scheduled appointments, um, throughout the pregnancy, are there major differences that occur between you and an OBGYN or are those scheduled appointments very, pretty similar? Yeah, we actually are on the exact same schedule. So we do all the same testing at the same times and everything. Um, one potential difference is we tend to not see quite as many patients as a lot of the doctors do. We tend to kind of have a lower patient load, um, which I think is nice. It gives us a little bit more time and, and, you know, for education. And I think we focus a lot on, on patient education so that you can kind of make the best decisions for you. I mean, and doctors do that too. We just tend to take more time. Very nice. All right. So now let's maybe move down the gynecology route. Um, so for women, either prior to um, childbearing years or post-childbearing years, why might they prefer a certified nurse midwife over an OBGYN for their gynecologic needs like contraceptive counseling, examinations, mm -hmm. and um, other needs like incontinence or pelvic pain? I think in these circumstances, it's just more important to find whichever provider you're more comfortable with, honestly. Um, you know, we're having some definite sensitive conversations and it's so important that, you know, whoever you're getting your gynecologic care from, you feel comfortable with. Um, but yeah, we do a lot of the same things. If it does look like you're going to be wanting or needing surgery down the road, you know, if you're thinking hysterectomy or, or tying your tubes or something like that, then you definitely want to go see a doctor. That's the biggest difference is they do surgeries and we don't perform surgeries. We can assist on surgeries, but we won't be the one to actually perform them. So if, you know, if it's looking surgical or, you know, a very complicated case of pelvic pain, things like that, then we might have you see a doctor, but for, yeah, for all those normal things, for your contraception, for your annuals, for, you know, your infections, you know, we, we, we do them pretty much the same. Great. Um, 
are there any major differences with the annual examination appointments or would it just kind of fall in that same idea where you just feel like you guys are able to maybe counsel a little bit more in depth because you have more time um, between patient scheduling and um, would you say that's kind of the biggest difference on those like normal annual examinations? Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, most of us in in my clinic, we all use like the same charting template. So we're, we're all going to do a review of your history. We're all going to do, you know, a review of your family history, and we're all going to do a review of your current health status. And then we'll all do a pretty, I mean, a pretty similar physical exam and breast exam and pap smear. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all pretty much the same. If you were to come back with an abnormal pap smear and need some more intervention there, then we'll send you to the doctor. Okay. Now do the other two levels of midwifery, are they able to do any gynecologic care at all? Or are they only assisting in labor and delivery process? That's a good question. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Well, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, they don't, they don't do the gynecology stuff. They just do the pregnancy and delivery and postpartum. Okay. So for kind of the lower levels of the midwiferies, they're still doing the kind of daily appointment or the weekly and monthly appointments with those patients still? Mm -hmm. Usually. Yeah. They're definitely, um, you know, not as regulated and have different like insurance issues and stuff. So I can't speak for all of them, but I'm, I'm yeah, they're providing your prenatal care and then your care during labor and delivery and postpartum. Are there situations where a patient will see maybe a certified nurse midwife through most of maybe the appointments, but then choose at the end to have a home birth with a different midwifery type of group? Yeah. I mean, I think we've probably all had that happen. Um, and I've had some patients that, you know, if, if their insurance won't cover certain things from, you know, at a birth center, but they will from my clinic, sometimes they'll, um, come here, they'll kind of go back and forth and, and kind of see both of us. The complication with that is that if, you know, if, if they're doing a home birth with that and something happens where they have to transfer to the hospital, then, um, I'm not the one that comes in for that delivery. It's the hospitalist that's on that will do that. Okay. That is really good to know. Yeah. Um, what would you say are the most important questions um, that individuals should be asking when they're choosing between an OBGYN and a certified nurse midwife? Well, and I think this is just, yeah, with any pregnancy, you just really want to make sure that you and your provider are going to be on the same page, you know? So if you have certain things that are really important to you, it's really a good idea to talk about those early on so that you and your provider are on the same page, Um Again, if you're just planning on a scheduled C-section, then it kind of makes more sense that you see the doctor unless, I mean, I have some patients that are back for their second pregnancy and are choosing to do a C-section because the first one was a C-section. Of course, I'll see them throughout the pregnancy. Um, but yeah, if you know there's going to be surgical intervention, it just makes sense to see a doctor. Um, if you're wanting, um, you know, more of an inter low intervention pregnancy, then a lot of times that's when people will come to midwives. Um, but yeah, I think, I think even just like between different midwives or different OBGYNs, it's a good idea just to, you know, make sure you're all on the same page and they know what's really important to you and what's not so important to you so that by the time you deliver, um, yeah, everybody's on the same page. So I know you had mentioned earlier that, you know, a lot of the times the 
the patients are generally more that like uncomplicated patient. Mm-hmm. Um, does that then take out patients that want to go for a VBAC? Are those ones more no. often? Okay. So you guys will also see great. Yeah. We see lots of VBACs. I think, I mean, I think a lot of VBACs will specifically seek out midwives just because of that, you know, lower intervention rate. And we tend to be, I think one big difference is midwives, I think, are very patient when it comes to C-sections. I mean, a lot of doctors, especially these days, practice is kind of changing, and a lot of doctors are becoming much more patient before we're calling C-sections, but I do think midwives are kind of known for it. That makes sense. That makes (laughs) sense completely. Um, So kind of more of a specific question again, during the labor and delivery, um, I've had people say, well, if I have a midwife, do I also need a doula? Could you maybe speak on that? I know I didn't kind of put in our outline, but it just kind of came to me during, as we're having this conversation. Yeah. You know, doulas are great. And if I, you know, you can't have too much support when you're in labor, you know? So I'm definitely never going to say, nope, if I'm going to do your delivery, then you, you absolutely don't need a doula. If you want that extra support, then absolutely. But you know, if you are planning on going unmedicated throughout your labor, um, that's another difference, I guess, between midwives and doctors is we, a lot of time will come in and do labor support with you. So we don't kind of come in just at the end and catch the baby. We'll actually come in and be pushing on your knees during labor and, you know, kind of helping you with all the different positions and kind of helping you do all that labor support to get you that unmedicated delivery that you want. Oh, I like that. Will you maybe talk a little bit more details about what that might look like? Cause I do know I I have patients that get so nervous about maybe tearing significantly during childbirth. And, you know, usually my, my recommendation is, yeah, go with a midwife or go with maybe a younger doctor that will spend that time maybe stretching the antroitus so that the tearing doesn't happen. But um, yeah, would you maybe talk a little bit more about what steps you do differently than an OB during that birthing process to assist with, with that? Well, fortunately, I think if you are going with a younger doctor or a midwife, our episiotomy rates are way lower than they used to be, which is a wonderful thing. I know that, yeah, I specifically will really only do an episiotomy if, um, if baby is just right there crowning and baby's heart rate is really low and we're doing all the things to try and get that heart rate back up and it just won't come back up. So I won't just do it to kind of speed the process or, you know, because dinner's at five, but we'll do it to, you know, prevent harm to the baby. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of perineal massage. A lot of, sometimes we'll try like warm compresses to kind of soften that tissue. It's just, it's so different with everybody. And you kind of have to like, see what their, you know, what their body's doing and how, how it's responding to everything. And it's, it, yeah, takes time to figure out. <laughs> and everybody and baby is so different. Yeah, they all have exactly. their own, they all have their own minds to make up during that process too. Yeah. Oh, this job it? never gets boring. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Right. They, they keep you guessing, keep you on your toes for sure. Yep. <laughs> Would you say that more women that want to labor in um, a tub will choose a midwife versus an OB? I do know, I understand that, you know, they can't deliver in um, in the actual tub, but they can labor all the way until pretty much that active transition part of labor with the with the real hard pushing. Yeah, no, yeah, the tub is one of my 
like favorite tools in the box of labor. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people that are wanting that more, you know, no epidural labor support kind of scenario will definitely seek out a midwife. Um, yeah, the tub is great. There's really different positions. I mean, again, every labor is so different. So we kind of pull all of our tricks out of our hat and do everything we can to, to, you know, get you to your goal and to keep you and baby bowl safe. What other tricks do you maybe have in your bag in regards to maybe different positions when we're going all natural um, versus with the epidural, right? I mean, we can be in the mm -hmm. squatting position with using that bar. We can be in those sideline positions. Um, you could be, you know, on, on the different therapy balls. What yeah. talk to me a little bit about your, your experience with all those different positions and maybe what you have found like different clinical pearls, so to speak of like, I have found that this position works really good for this type of, of woman and, and delivery. Obviously, always the, the classic, it depends there, of course, but <laughs> maybe give me some pearls that you have identified in your years of, of going more the natural childbirth route. It's kind of funny. You know how they say, if you lose one sense, your other senses are heightened. Like if you are blind, then you have better hearing in labor. It's kind of the opposite. So you want to kind of like stimulate things more, um, to kind of spread that stimulus around. So a lot of times, like our natural thing to do when we're in pain or having a contraction is, you know, we close our eyes and we hold our breath and we hold really still and, it kind of fights it. So we get you up and moving and just swaying your hips and, you know, breathing really like slow and controlled and keeping your eyes open and things like that to kind of, you know, kind of stimulate all the senses instead of just that one in your abdomen. Um, and then just lots of position changes. If you stay just in one position for a long time, things just tend to slow down. So we kind of will utilize a bunch of different, um, positions during labor. Then as far as pushing, yeah, I love like women pushing, like while they're squatting is great, but I would prefer it if, um, they didn't actually deliver in the squatting position because a, um, I mean, all that gravity, we, we just tend to have bigger tears down there. There's just a lot of pressure and I don't have any ability to kind of try and support that perineum and have a nice, like controlled, slow delivery. Um, so while it's awesome to push and use all that gravity, once you're like right there and crowning, I've always found it's much better. If you get in that, it's the position that kind of gets a bad rap, right? Where you're kind of on your back and holding those legs. Um, it's, I mean, it works really well, even if you are unmedicated. So usually, yeah, I'll kind of let you push however you want to push. And then, you know, once it's like to the crowning point, I'll suggest that you kind of get in that position. And of course, if at that point you can't or don't, then, then we deliver how you want to deliver. But that's kind of how I've had the best success. On those babies, man, they're so slippery. They, are they so come out so, they come out so fast <laughs> in that squatting position, you know, oh, they just kind of, <laughs> We've, I've been in a bathroom before and like grabbed a pillow and thrown it under her legs and caught in like a crazy position because baby was coming and that's what we were going to do. Right. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's Those deliveries are fun. Really good. I bet they are. I bet you have some really good, good stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, Kira, if nothing else, what do you hope listeners take away from this podcast? I just hope that they really, you know, 
realize that it's important to us as much as it's important to you that we kind of have a good relationship and that you found a provider that you are comfortable with. You know, I know sometimes people will feel like, well, I've been seeing this person for so long and now it'll be awkward, but you know, we want you to be as comfortable with us as we are with you. So, you know, ask those questions early on, kind of get us all on the same page. Um, yeah, make sure that we don't have any, you know, big differences, because the last thing you want to do is go in and talk to your doctor about this when you're 38 weeks and realize that, or your provider, I shouldn't say doctor, you know, realize that you guys just have very different ideas about how this is going to go. Um, you want to kind of do that earlier on so that, yeah, so that by the time you deliver, there's no kind of clashing. And I also always tell patients, like, the truth is, is in labor, I mean, you're the, you're the patient, you're the boss. My job is to give you all of my education and everything that I know about the situation so that you can make a really good decision for yourself. You know, I think some women get really nervous about coming to the hospital because, you know, they'll hear, hear stories about being forced to do things and we really can't force you. I'm just going to give you all the information that I have so that you can make the best decision for you. Cause ultimately like you're the one that's in charge. It's your body and it's your baby. That was, that was perfectly <laughs> stated. That was great. Well, thank you for listening. If you would like to speak with a specialist, please email podcasts at mlrehab.com. I would like to thank Kira for coming on the show today. And Kira, if listeners want more information or would like to get into contact with you, what is the best way to do so? Um, yeah, probably coming in and making an appointment. So calling the office at St. Mark's OBGYN. Our phone number is 801-268-6811. I do have like a Facebook and an Instagram, but I'm, I'm not as active on those as I should be. <laughs> I should. Fair enough. I'm yeah. right there with you. <laughs> well, thank you again for listening and please tune in to next month's episode. Also remember to subscribe to this podcast to get the most up-to-date episode information and downloads. Thank you. This podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Exercises that are safe and appropriate for some people may not be for you. No treatment program should be undertaken without first consulting your physical therapist or physician. The contents of this podcast is protected under United States copyright laws and may not be reproduced, redistributed, transmitted, displayed, published, or broadcast without prior written permission of Mountain Land Physical Therapy.